0: Hey, welcome to the Six. How are ya? Okay. <laughs> that was moderately cool. That's the word of the night. Hey Six, what's up? How are you doing? I guess I guess I, I didn't like ask for it. I was like, hey, I didn't really give It's my bad. It's on me. Uh, before we start, I just gotta say, Michael, man, when you play drums, I just I don't wanna say I get saved because I am, but like you are a gift, man you were a gift on that kit you were a gift to everyone around you i don't know about, like anyone who says like drums don't refresh the soul have not heard michael play like i was like no i'm serious man you just the way you play you're the clear heart of worship you have as you play man it just blessed me to tonight like it blessed me can we just show some appreciation and just like just so blessed by you man when he's on the kit, I'm just like, I'm get, something's good, something's gonna happen tonight. Like it's gonna be good, you know? And it was, it was awesome, it was so good. And uh, you guys, the team was great. Uh, hey, I, I've been I've been gone for a couple of weeks. We uh, we had a baby. By we I mean my wife. My wife had a baby, which was awesome. She's my she's an, an incredible person. I just don't even like. It was incredible. Yeah, wild. His name's uh, Levi. I think we have a picture here of L.J. You see there, there he is. This was just on me. He was just hanging. Isn't he cute? And babies aren't always cute. Right? Like, sometimes babies come out and you're like, oh. But that, he's a cute little guy. I like him. I'm going to keep him. He's, we haven't been sleeping much. I'm going to be all over the place tonight. Haven't been sleeping much. But this is, yeah, this is Levi John Preston Bonnet. But when we don't want to sound so like the Duke of Edinburgh. (laughs) His name is LJ. We just call him LJ. So, uh, it's it's been a good couple weeks in our house. And we're thankful to have him. I just... I'm very tired because of Bo and Georgia and all of them. So if I'm a little crazy tonight, I apologize. Uh, we're in week number five, I believe, of a series called Heaven on Earth. It's this in-depth study on the Sermon on the Mount. It's this, it's, I don't want to just say it's like we're just looking at the words of Jesus. I said it in the service earlier today. I don't want you just to hear me preach what Jesus preached. This is where, like, the law of heaven, the the manifesto of God, God, like, the, the, the best way for him to describe what it means to be a follower of Jesus, like, laid out in this beautiful sermon. Now, again, Matthew may, he may have sat down and said it just like this. Most scholars believe that these are just all the things that Jesus said all the time, and then, and then Matthew kind of compiled it into a sermon. Now, he definitely preached a sermon on the mount somewhere, but this, again, are, are, are very, like, Christocentric views that most people who are Christians would carry and follow and listen to. And so there's like real depth in this teaching. And we say that each week because we don't want you to miss it. So if you have a Bible, we're going to be on, uh, sorry, we're going to be in Matthew 7 tonight. We're going to jump a little bit ahead. Uh, If you don't have one, there's a Bible in front of you, page 788. It's blue. It looks like this. To give you some context into into tonight's verses, it's only six verses we're probably going to get through. I don't think we'll get to all of it. Whether you're a Christian or not, this is probably a verse you've heard. Actually, this is probably a verse you've used. You've probably used it against someone, on someone. You've probably, like, thrown it out there. Um, It's kind of one of those things that we all kind of agree with, listen to, like, the the golden rule, which is, like, doing to others what you want to do to yourself. It's kind of like that one. You've you've probably heard this before. Um, This is one of those things that, like, will get quoted to you, but it'll get quoted wrong to you. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you've ever had, like, a non-Christian quote you scripture. It happens a lot, because I'm a pastor, like you would be surprised how many Bible lessons I get from people who don't love the Bible. Like it's a, it's a, on airplanes alone, it's a common theme. It's like, oh, you're a pastor. What do we do? Every time you get asked that question and you're a pastor, what do you do? You have to ask yourself, do I want to lie today? Like, you're just not sure if you want to have that conversation. And so I just, I just, I've been on an airplane before where I've been like, yeah, okay, let me think of it. I'm a pastor. Yeah, I'm a pastor. And, and then, oh, have you ever heard this? What do you think of that? And so you probably heard something like, like, don't judge, Otherwise, you will not also be the judging of the well. You won't judge well either. Really? If I don't judge, then I won't judge well? Is that what you're trying to say? Like, it's kind of this funny. Don't judge, otherwise you'll lose your will to judge. I've heard that said before. I'm like, that's not it. That's definitely not what it says. Stop saying that. You know what it's kind of like? This verse, like you've heard it before many times. It's kind of like people who know half of a song, but don't know all the song. You know those people? It was like all of us watching the Super Bowl thinking we knew what Eminem was getting, like, we know lose yourself, but none of us really, like, fully know lose yourself, you know, we just know "Mom spaghetti, like, we all say it at that time, it's true, it happened here, we were watching it together, and I was like, I was pretending like I knew the words, but I really didn't, so here it is, Matthew 7, are you ready for it, Matthew 7, verse 1, it says this, do not judge, or you too will be judged, it's not that many words, like, you think we would get this one better, do not judge, or you too will be judged. How many people have heard this before? Okay. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me, let me take that speck out of your eye when the, all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. Some big words from Jesus. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. That last verse is a little bit crazy, but we are gonna get to it. Do not judge or you too will be judged. This word judge is this Greek word kero, which is this interesting, it's this very interesting word. I think I even to put a note up there because I thought it was like, I was like, What? It's to pick, it's like this practice is to to pick out an action or a word or whatever it is, to pick something out, to separate it from the person, and then to put it on trial is the actual depth of the word. What an interesting thought, isn't it? To to isolate one thing, one action, one post, one sentence, one glance, whatever it is, of any person you're around, and to say, well, I didn't like that, and to just take it, remove it from the person, and to put that thing on trial and therefore really putting that person on trial. Man, when I read that this last week, I, I thought, man, that's so clearly, I don't know how to say it. For me, it felt like this described our world right now. It's so quick, it's so easy to take one thing, one statement, one post, one, one not post, like staying silent on something and just to completely, uh, I don't know, judge one person off of it. It's gross. I don't like it. It makes me feel weird that we would take one thing that one person said one time whenever it happened and then condemn them for all eternity in their identity, whatever it is. It's odd. This outrage culture we see, and you guys have heard me talk about it a lot, of what you do or say or what you don't do or don't say becomes our identity. That just has to stop. And Jesus right here is using a very specific word, and I found it so interesting. Let me give you a bit more of a long-form definition of what I mean by judgment, because that's what we're talking about tonight. This is different, uh, just, I don't know, ideas, scholars, quotes, commentaries I read, kind of a castoral definition, if you will. But judgment is when we call out wrongdoing in someone without loving them. It's when we draw, I heard this said recently, it's when we draw attention to a wrong just for the sake of drawing attention to it. When we attach one mistake bind it to someone's identity with the hope of triggering shame. It's when we don't take the time to listen, to learn, to extend grace. It's when we see something, we label it bad, and we label a person bad. Friends, we judge, right? We do. We sometimes don't even mean to. It's often a defense mechanism, which we'll kind of talk about later. I know I do. <laughs> I was writing down some quick thoughts. You guys know I have these little, small, petty things that I don't like and that I just, ugh, you know? Like, can we talk about the people who wear masks in cars when they're all alone? Like, what's up with that? Like, what's up with that? I don't, I don't get it. I'm instantly judging as I, as I speed past them in my new Sienna. What up, Sienna? Like, that's what happens. I, I judge people who drink bubble tea. I don't get it. I think it's weird. Yeah, I know. I'm receiving prayer for this. Like. That is gross. If I wanted to chew something, I'd chew something. If I wanted to drink something, I'd drink something. I'm just going to do both and. It's so weird. You're like, <laughs> it's like gross. I don't know. <laughs> Tapioca. I don't like it. I judge people who wear New York Yankees hats. It's just, I don't know, like whatever it is. Like I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I do. And I'm saying I'm working on it. And I think there's all these little small petty things that we do kind of judge people for. We don't really take it into consideration. We don't ask the nuanced conversation anymore. Judgment is this really difficult thing, this tension that we walk. And when I read this scripture, I get a lot. I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of things I'm thinking about. Like, what does he mean when he says, "Like the measure you use will be used to measure you." Like that's an interesting, that's an interesting conversation that he's having. That's an interesting statement. There's three things I think he's kind of saying here. One, again, this whole sermon, the sermon on the mount, is about the interior life. He's saying, really consider: Have you measured? yourself? Are you really, like, have you measured yourself in such a way that you feel like you're supposed to measure now? Is that what's taking place? Remember what Pastor Andy was talking about the last couple weeks? Like, this is about the motivation of your heart. He's talking about not just praying, but why you're praying. Not just giving, but why you're giving. It's all about the interior. It's all about what's going on in here. It's this relationship with Christ. And it's the same thing that's happening here. He's saying, why are you doing that? Do you really feel like, there's, like you've measured that, that this is the right move? So he's asking about the inside, to look inside. Ask yourself first, am I really in the right place to judge? Have I measured myself like, that I fit the, the, whatever it is to, to make a judgment call here? I think usually when we start there with ourself, judging quickly stops. He's also saying in the same, in the same breath, don't be surprised when other people judge you in the same way. Don't be, don't be surprised... That that you will reap what you sow. Then that is a theme throughout the Bible that we as like millennials specifically and, and Gen Z, we don't like that idea. But we will reap what we sow. And then he's also saying, Don't forget, there is a judge, and his name is God. Another thing we simply don't like as millennials and Gen Z. God is love. Yeah, we like that one. But then we take this one idea of who God is and make it everything God is. And God is more than just love, He is love, absolutely. He is also judge. So that first part is straightforward, but let's keep reading. Verses 3 through 5 are, are really interesting. Again, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the, own plan- the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank of your own? Again, like Andy said last week, he's being funny. Okay? This is a ha he's he's, he's he's joking. Maybe like dad joke level. It's not like hilarious, but he's making a joke. He's like, come on, guys. Like, little sawdust, big plank. Like, you know, he's trying to like play off the crowd a little bit. He's making a joke. He's trying to make kind of this hyperbole. He's, he's showing you imagery. He's doing everything he can to help you understand. Again, before you begin to judge, where do we start? With ourselves. With ourselves. Jesus is pointing again, pointing out again to our hearts. What about you? What about you? What, what, what's God doing here? I think the issue is that we often want to... Uh, correct something, right? A lot of us have that. If you've ever done like Strength Finder and these gifts, like a lot of us are very justice motivated and we, we want to make sure that the wrong things are made right. Of course we do. And so for us, it's easy to point at something, look at someone, uh, whatever it is and say, that's right, that's wrong or post about something that's right or that's wrong. And she's saying, before we do any of that, before we get into any of that, ask yourself the question, what's going on in here? Let me say it like this. The issue you're fighting on the inside is often greater than the issues you're condemning on the outside. And I think often there's an issue inside, something going on right here, that really triggers us, that makes us begin to condemn, to point, to judge, to call out, to post about, to tweet about, whatever it is. Whatever it is. The issue that you're fighting on the inside is often greater than the thing you're condemning on the outside. And I like this because Jesus, again, he's not just... He's not just caring for the person who's been wrongfully judged. He's asking the person who is judging. He's talking to us, the people who have judged someone before, and he's saying, Listen, what about your heart? Where is it at? And then in verse 5, he says, You hypocrite, take that plank out of your own eye first. This is where he gets angry. He's frustrated. The term hypocrite is translated as an actor, right? You've, maybe you've heard this before. A pretender is someone who wears a mask. We got a lot of that right now. I actually, was gonna bring I was thinking of my daughter when I read that this week because she she has this lion mask that she she will not just wear, she will become, you know? She's a method actor, okay? She's like She's, she, she puts on this lion mask. And if you've ever been to my house or my kids, she, she loves to be a horsey. Like, she literally is, like, on all fours. And, like, she, like, like, I don't want to do it. She's just, like, like, she, has, she makes a great horse sound. Like, like, even Bo, like, they're really working on their horsey sound, But, like, she has this lion mask when she puts it on. And we also watch a lot of Lion King. There's a great spinoff show on Disney Plus called The Lion Guard. Well worth the watch, okay? Three seasons, worth it. And it's all about, it's true. Simba's son, Kion, and he's on the Lion Guard, and they fight, it's awesome. Like, it's the one kid show. I'm like, you guys wanna watch Lion Guard? Mm, okay. <laughs> like, so excited about it, you know? And, and it's, it's really good. And, 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 and she puts on this lion mask, and she just becomes it, and she's like, roaring. And I'm like, Georgia, and she's like, rawr. I'm like, it's dinner time. And she's like, <laughs> She kind of like does it in, you know, context, and then she comes down, and, boom, boom, and she like comes downstairs as a lion. I'm like, don't just walk down the. You're gonna. I'm so scared. She's gonna have some messed up ACL issues. I, I'm so worried about it. And then she comes to the table. I'm like, Georgia, can you take the mask off I me, mean, please? Can you just take off the mask? She's like, rum, rum. It's like a puppy now. I don't know what I'm doing. And she's just like, she'll put her face in the, in her food and like, she'll eat like a lion. And I'm just like, Stop it! Like, don't do that anymore. And she's just so in it, you know. She's really engaged in this lion mask. I even think about like. Us, like we, we like, we like to hide behind things. For many of us, even these masks, actually. Like, you, looking at you, we, we've learned to kind of smile with our eyes because of masks, right? Like, you kind of tilt your head and you're like, hey, you know, I don't know, that was weird. I'm not, I'm married. Anyways, um, you know, like, you like, we've kind of learned to, like, make do without this bottom part of our face. But truthfully, like behind any mask, we can be thinking and looking at something and saying something completely different. Like I could be like, hey, Darian, how are you doing? I hate your guts. But he couldn't see that. You stink. Like you literally take a shot. I don't know why I'm saying this. I'm sorry, Darian. Forgive me. Like this isn't funny. But you know what I'm saying? Like we can, we can pretend. We can do one thing or say one thing or look like we're saying one thing and actually be saying something completely different. Like masks allow us to hide. And unfortunately, I think our culture likes that. I think right now we are okay to hide a little bit, to stand in the back a little bit, to point at, to make fun of, to not be seen completely so that we can say that thing we want to say for whatever reason. And Jesus is literally saying, you hypocrite. You're gonna stand here and condemn them for this, this whatever, that your buddy for sleeping with his girlfriend, but you're gonna go home and watch pornography? You hypocrite. You're going you're to judge that person for wearing this, these clothes and how they spend their money, but your finances are going to be in complete disarray? You hypocrite. And the examples go on and on and on. You're going you're gonna to freak out at this person for posting this or not posting this. Meanwhile, it's all just virtue signaling for yourself? You hypocrite. You're wearing a mask. You're pretending. You're an actor. This is serious language he's using. This isn't, he's not joking around anymore. Jesus is getting upset and he's saying, take off your mask, work on the interior. Do not judge for it is not going to help your soul or theirs. And then he goes on and this part, we often forget. When you you see clearly, it says, then remove the speck of your brother's eye. See, as a Christian, we often use this part, hear this, please, I love you guys so much, I really do. But I think, again, Millennials Gen Z, which this service is primarily for, anyone is welcome, but this service is primarily for, I think there's some truth to what I'm about to say, so please hear my heart. As a Christian, I think, as Christians, we often will use this scripture, judge not, as kind of a free pass to never say anything. To kind of just stand back, never say anything towards sin whatsoever. And then non Christians too will use this to be like, you can't say anything. You're not allowed to judge. Ha! I remember that one in Pee wee School, whatever. I totally know it. Judge not for the judging, if the judge will be the judge. So boom, you know. And that's what happens. And we're like, yeah, what book's that from? And they're like, Jesus, Peter the Second. I don't know. It doesn't matter. And you're like, false. You're going to hell. Just kidding. Don't say that because you're not. That's not true at all. But you know what I'm saying? And this is what happens, right? We feel like it's not my job to judge. Who am I to judge? oh, it's not, whatever, it's all good. And we stand behind this judge not idea. When Jesus is not, what he's not doing here is he's not condemning humble correction. That's not what he's doing. He's condemning judgment, which focuses on sin, not the savior. Let me explain what I mean. There's this really interesting quote, famous quote actually by Billy Graham, very popular evangelist. He said, it is the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's God's job to judge. It's my job to love. Which kind of goes in line with what I'm saying. And, and he's not wrong. The only issue I take with the, with the quote is it doesn't define love. Because everyone's definition of love is going to look slightly different. What I may think love is may be different to what you think love is. Like, like, does love not have correction? Does love not mean, like, no sometimes? Does love not mean there might be some tension? There might be some argument? There might be some, some disagreement? If not, then I don't, me and Trina aren't doing it right because we have some disagreement once in a while. Like, love comes with correction. This is what it says in Hebrews. The other day, like really quick story again of my favorite son, Bo. Just, he's not my favorite. I have two now. I can't say that anymore. Like he, I came downstairs at five o'clock. I could hear something. For like a brief second, I thought someone was breaking into my house. I could hear this, like just moving across of our house. And, and then I come downstairs and there's stools everywhere. Like, there's a stool by the fridge, a stool by the pantry, a stool by my fireplace, a stool by the heater. And then I hear this, (coughs) and I'm like, there's giant rats in my house. Like, I I was really tired. I didn't know what was going on. And I I, I realized Bo had gone to the fridge to get a cheese string. And he'd gone to the fireplace to turn on the heat, because he loves the heat. He went to the baseboard heater and cranked the thing. And then he went to the pantry, got a massive bag of chips, was sitting in front of the heater going, (coughs) at five in the morning. And I come around, and he's the cutest you guys have seen. But he's the cutest kid. I'm like, Bo, what are you doing? And he goes, It's so warm and toasty. That's what he said to me. He's just, I'm like, You're adorable. Go to bed, right? Like, so annoyed in that moment. Is love just like, oh, You're sweet boy. Have a good one. I'm gonna go back to bed. That's not love, Bo. Stop eating chips at five in the morning. Bo, go, you need to stay in your bed till your sunshine. Buddy, this isn't, this isn't healthy for you. This isn't good. You need rest. Like picking him up, freaking out. Like that, that's love, I think, right? Like I'm doing the right thing, I hope. Like, but we just we just want to back away. That's not my job. I, I don't want a job. I don't, excuse me, I don't want to judge. It's not my job. Jesus does not condemn correction of sin. That's not what he's condemning here. He's condemning judgment of sin. And especially, please take note of this, especially he cares by by which, like the heart and our spirit, by which we conduct it. Let me say it this way: self-righteous judgment, I think, leads us to make a, a deeper look at our sin. God doesn't want us looking at our sin, right? That's not the goal. But humble correction leads us to look at our Savior. When we judge someone, we just end up feeling more like weighted down and heavy burdened by the sin that we've caused or done in our heart, but when we humbly correct someone, lovingly correct a brother or sister, the the term is used, that leads us back to a deeper look at our Savior that that makes us look to the cross, that makes us look to Jesus, who's already paid that price. You see the difference? not saying like never say anything he's saying let's stop judging one another let's unify in that unity brothers and sisters he's talking about christians he's talking about close like relationships that's what he defines when he's saying brothers and sisters he's saying in that circle there needs to be humble correction there needs to be that sometimes absolutely <laughs> judgment is centered around sin correction centers around christ are you following me like this is the whole the whole point of repentance and turning away from sin and coming back to Jesus. And I know we don't like it. I know we don't like this whole idea of correction and having to have this conversation. I get it, but it's the truth. Make no mistake, guys. He's not condemning correction. He's condemning judgment, and they're different. Finally, in verse 6, it says, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn excuse me, and, turn and tear you to pieces. Amen. Wow, that's a, that's a verse. He's saying, listen, you, you can't always force it. He's saying, you don't judge, but don't throw out all discernment. He's saying, listen, no matter how true something is, no matter how to write something, maybe, the Christian life, the gospel, whatever it is for you, some people just won't see it. For some people, they just won't see it. There's multiple times in Acts where Paul is preaching. The Bible says that Paul preached for years in Ephesus and their hearts were just too hardened. It's just the truth. And he's saying here this, like, listen, you don't give dogs what is sacred. Like some people just aren't gonna see the sacred. You're not gonna throw pearls to pigs. Like some people, it's just, there's a connection there is just not gonna be made. Sometimes changing your scene or changing it off or, or not preaching at someone, but just letting someone else do the work. Like sometimes it's okay to take a step back away from something. And this is difficult. This is a difficult line we're called to walk. It's hard. Young adults, I get it. We live in a world with hardened ideologies that says you have to be tolerant of everything and everyone. Yet, if you disagree with something, you're now judging them. And then those who are calling for tolerance are no longer tolerant of you and you become labeled. I get it. It's like this vicious cycle and we're like, so how do I, what do I do? (laughs) How do I live this out and not be a bigot or whatever it is I'm going to be called? I don't, how do I live with this tension? How do I live with only God can judge me? Don't judge me. Yeah, I'm Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Don't judge me till you know me. Don't judge me till you walk in these shoes, whatever it is. Or I hear this all the time with Christians. I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to love, right? Well, what's love then? And I just think, I think you guys are picking up on the tension I'm describing and there's a dangerous line that we use as an excuse to not deal with hard conversations about sin in our world and in our relationships. So here's a question I want you to wrestle with. How do we, or even us, let's wrestle with it. How do we express our affirmation for biblical morality while expressing our affinity for all people? Right? I think that's a fair question for every, every person who wants to follow Jesus a little bit, a little bit closer. How do we, Love the authority of the word. How do we love God and, what he's ca- and how he's calling us to live while loving every person we encounter, engaging them on a level that says, I'm with you, I'm for you, I want, I want what's best for you. Like, how do we really do this? Well, I think it's simple, but really hard. That makes no sense. I don't even know how I said that. It's like, that makes no sense. What is he saying? What I mean is this. I do think you can disagree with with the sin and engage with people. I do think you can love unconditionally while declaring that our hearts are sinful. I do think it comes down to having hard conversations. And so many people in here just went, (laughs) (laughs) no, thank you. No, thank you. Friends, we we can't just keep going on life, not doing the hard work and just posting things, hoping that people will, will let us off the hook. We can't just keep posting the right thing or the wrong thing at whatever time and, and just not having hard conversations. Uh, I, I think I've said this, but recently, not that long ago, I, I, it was my birthday. This is like a while ago. And my uh, close family member wanted to take me out. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I didn't know what we were doing. And, and, and we went out and it was awesome. And he bought, me a, he bought me a really nice shirt from Outlooks. I know, like birthday, wow, out, whoa. Right? And I was he's like, just pick whatever you want. Have you ever done that? Wow, what an experience. I, I picked the cheapest thing because I was super nervous. But like, Outlooks is really expensive. You guys know what Outlooks is? It's like a really fancy suit store. Like I walked in, the first thing I found was like two hundred eight dollars I was like, he's paying $280, what? Can I, can, am I allowed to be in this store? Do I make enough money to be in here? I don't think, it was like one of those moments, you know? And, I mean, he, and we had this really great time. And, and then we went back and he's like, dude, I, just, I really want to just talk to you and ask you a bunch of questions about your faith. And I was like, oh man, here it comes. And I knew all the questions that were gonna come. Well, abortion and, and, and sexual ethics and what about this and what about that? And, and it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And often there was many times I had to say, I just, I don't know, I'm not sure. And you say, well, don't you think you're judging someone for that? No, that's not my intention. Here's my intention. And it was three, four, five hours. We were late for, we were late for a dinner that night. But we had this hard difficult conversation, at the end of it it was, it was wonderful, he, he, we both just felt so at peace, we both had this great, it was just, I don't know how to explain it you guys, all I'm trying to say is you have to have hard conversations where you ask the Holy Spirit to guide your words and you speak the truth and you're not ashamed of it otherwise how are we ever going to connect with people, how are we supposed to help them understand, what like as a Christian, how are you supposed to connect with someone if you don't have a conversation with them I don't get it posting and putting Philippians 4.13 in your bio at Instagram isn't enough. It's not. I'm sorry. It's just not. And in this moment, he's asking us to stop judging one another. He's asking us to stop pointing the finger and condemning one another. He's asking us to stop elevating people's sin and start encouraging their heart to look to Jesus because he is the only one who has any right, any authority whatsoever to look at us and say yes or no or right or wrong and whatever it is. And by his grace, we can truthfully have great conversations. We can move forward. We can actually stop judging people left and right, whatever it is of us and we can see people for who they truly are. So how do we do this? We just start having really hard conversations with people we disagree with. But how do we start judging? Let me give you three quick thoughts as we wrap up. These are questions I want you to ask yourself when you find, three questions to ask when you find yourself judging others, okay? This is just three thoughts, and then we're gonna, we're gonna move on from the night. I want you to ask, this is, this is something I was doing recently. When I'm quick to judge, I ask myself why Why don't I trust their motive? Like this whole sermon on the motive is about what motivation of the heart, right? And so why don't I trust their motive? And I, I understand that for whatever reason, it's your background, where you're raised, whatever it is, where you're from, it may be more difficult to trust people. I'm just not that trusting I'm realizing. I don't know why, I want to, Pastor Andy says this all the time to our staff. It's like one of these beautiful staff things. He's always asking us to think about whenever we look at our staff, he's saying, always put trust in the gap. And where is that person? I haven't seen him in days. I don't know where they are. They're never working. They've, they haven't been here for weeks. They had COVID. Fair enough, you know, fine. This week, I'll let it off. I'll let them off because I can Like, and we judge, and we're like, what? All these things, and and this idea of putting trust in the gap is really helpful. It's not always easy. I don't enjoy it all the time. Ask yourself, why don't I trust their motives? Is it because maybe my trust was broken with someone close before? So my broken trust with one person is now gonna affect my trust with everyone else? No, 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 don't do do that. Because then we're gonna be quick to judge. Second question to ask when you find yourself judging others. Is this a reflection of my own insecurities and fears? Why do they continue to post pictures of their Tesla? Okay, I get it, you got a Tesla. Good for you, awesome, like whatever it is, right? And we, ugh, they're so, like, they don't, so, oh, I can't believe they bought that, maybe spend, like, when we, we point at things like this and we're like, oh, actually, I'm just insecure about my finances. I'm realizing that I will drive a Sienna for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with it actually, okay? No worries, I'm pumped. Sliding doors, baby, let's go! Excited. Why do they keep God to posting photos of their engagement? Why do they get to do that? This is, we get it, we get it. you are gonna get married. Listen, if you're single and lonely here, I get it. I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be mean. That would be difficult. It would be difficult to, to see friends and family and close ones and go to weddings summer after summer. No, this is real. I'm being honest. I'm not trying to make fun of in any way, shape, or form. Please hear my heart. That would suck. So I get it. Why? We would begin to like feel frustrated and jealous and then we begin to judge and point rather than be happy and encourage. Right? You understand know, what I'm saying? Like I'm, just, I'm just throwing these ideas and there's these little things we see and we judge and we point and we condemn, and really we're just there's some insecurity, there's some fear. God, take it to the Lord. He's more than what you need. I'm sorry for those fears and insecurities. I'm sorry there might be areas in your life you're scared about. Man, God wants to help you in them. You're not alone. He's for you and He's with you. He sees the season you're in. He's not holding you from a season because he doesn't like you, because he's not for you. He's not holding you back. That's not how God works. The next chunk of scripture, which we just don't have time to get into, we'll probably break it down some other time. I'm gonna ask, seek, knock. It'll be given to you. Like we just assume it's coming and it's just gonna happen. And sometimes it takes a long time. Ask yourself, is it just insecurity rising up in me? That, why I'm judging so much? If so, talk to someone, receive prayer even tonight know that we're with you. Very much with you and through every insecurity, through every fear. It's very real. I'm not trying to point, I'm not trying to make light of it. Finally, am I creating real significant change? Ask that question. Here's what I mean. I think we're very justice motivated and I love that about this generation. And so we're constantly like calling things out like, you shouldn't do this or that company's not ethical. Or, you should have done that or they, this is this, this. stuff's made in this area. Or, this, do you not know that they, this the company you just bought for is... is I don't know, funding genocide in this place. And so we, we start calling out and condemning and posting, and uh, listen, all these causes are awesome, but is you posting and condemning and pointing the finger, really creating significant change that's going to help the lives of others? Or is there other ways, ways to donate, ways to participate, other activ- activism causes that you can be a part of that actually create life change in the hearts of other people? I think there's other ways to do it. And it usually begin, starts with starting here, the sin issues in your own heart, then going to the places where the sin issues are heaviest. I just don't know if it's creating the change you want it to see sometimes, by just pointing and condemning. And this is my final thought. We are wrapping up right now. I think we feel this need to judge, okay? You have some questions, you have other things. We feel this need to judge because we judge ourselves. We constantly put ourselves on trial. I think that was the hardest thing about youth ministry. That was the hardest thing ever, was hearing the way kids talked about themselves. Clearly my head was bloated as a kid. Like I just didn't think myself so, but like, as I, as I would hear stories, and I think it, friends, I think it has continued on even to the young adult stage. We're just constantly putting ourselves on trial for things we did. I shouldn't have looked at that. I can't believe I did that, I'm such an idiot. I'm worthless, I have nothing to give. Why am I even here? We start condemning, we start pointing the finger this way, we start hammering out the sinner life and we're just, all we're doing is sitting in this spot, focusing in on our sin, looking at how bad we are, looking at all the things we've done, looking at ourselves. We're we're not looking at Christ. We're not looking at the help we need. We're just looking right here at all the evil we see. And I'm here to say, like, there's a grace for that. Why are we Why are we sitting pointing the finger here when Jesus literally said, point it all right here? I'll take it. That's why we took communion tonight. That's why we sing tonight. Stop condemning yourself and judging yourself and judging others. Christ literally said, listen, I'm gonna take all of that on so that you can live free. So that you can live with grace at the forefront of your mind, leading you into hard conversations, leading you into truth, leading you into justice movements, leading you into justice that has my name written all over. That's what God is saying tonight. And stop putting yourself on trial. Jesus went to the court. The debt is paid. We can receive it now and accept the love and a grace that doesn't condemn and look at your sin. It wipes that sin clean and he sees you pure and righteous. That's what the Bible says. You hearing me tonight? Would you stand to your feet? I just want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray that we'd stop judging. Absolutely. How are we going to change a culture if we don't stop that? There might be someone in this room that we're pointing at, Judging. It might be me. I don't like when he says it like that. I don't like when he makes such illicit examples Like clearly, no, 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 stop it. Let's just put it all aside. Put the guns down, alright? That was a dad joke. I thought it was actually really funny. I just gave it, Sorry, my bad. Can we just Stop centering around centering ourselves around the sin and start setting ourselves around our Savior. That's where we go tonight. To Jesus. And every day we walk, we try our very best with by the strength of the Holy Spirit, by his grace and power, to change his culture a little bit one by one. We pray of you. Heavenly Father, tonight, just pray for those people. Eyes, eyes closed, heads are, heads are down, Lord. We just we ask in Jesus' name. That you would move in our hearts in such a way that we would stop condemning and judging one another for actions and things said. God, I pray that we would be a body, a a, a church, a community that humbly corrects, that doesn't point out and condemn. That we we would go to one another. That we would go to one another and say, I love you enough to say this, but God, it would not come with any sort of motive of judgment. But in fact, our judging days would be over. That we would look to you guys, God, for your grace, for your wisdom. God, I just pray that we would be a community that loves, uplifts, encourages, and champions each other, Lord, in every season. God, right now, I just want to pray for that person who's feeling heavy, burdened, with insecurity or fear. They know that there has been a, a long season of judgment in their life because they have not dealt with an inner, an inner heart issue in their own life, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, there would be no more condemnation for themselves. There would be no more people putting themselves on trial every morning or every night. But God, there would be a king of their heart. There would be a, someone who loves them. They would know that they, there's someone that loves them so much in, in such a deep, powerful way that they don't have to look inside and look bad. They get to look upwards towards the heavens and see your goodness that's running after them. God, I pray that we would, um, all across this room, that the sin that came in this room would not, would not be that with them as they leave, but they'd feel free. They'd feel ready, God, to receive a grace that transcends all understanding. Holy Spirit, I pray you would do a work tonight in hearts for those who really need that uplifting um, touch from you, Holy Spirit. And I pray in Jesus' mighty name that you would ring true in our life in such a way that we would not be putting ourselves on trial anymore, but we would look to you, Jesus, on the cross and say, thank you for taking that shame. Thank you for taking that that guilt. Thank you, Lord, for taking it all. It's in Jesus' mighty name I pray.